Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, everybody. This is Mark Scafidi, host of Maction on the Believe Sports Podcast Network your number one sports podcast network in LA and beyond. So if you have a team that you want to hear all about, come to Believe. We will cover it in depth just for some of the LA teams here, but not just for some of the LA teams. We cover teams across the nation like we do right here, right now, for the Mid-American Conference football, which is miles away from the Pacific Ocean. But we are going to do a bowl recap today of how the seven teams did in the bowl season it's our first episode of 2020 and most likely our last football episode of 2020 until football season comes back around because we now have an eight-month window of no mac football we probably can do a mac basketball tournament episode but I'm just going to be honest with everybody. The MAC basketball season means virtually nothing because it's a one-bid league. So we can do a MAC post-game tournament, um, MAC tournament post-game episode about who won the MAC title. But leading into the MAC basketball tournament, being a one-bid league, it doesn't make any difference who wins the games right now. That's really just about seeding going into the MAC basketball tournament, but it doesn't affect an at-large bid to the big dance, which is now really like two months away from Selection Sunday. That's how fast, fast basketball season will wrap up. But in all honesty, the MAC basketball season is pointless. It's playing games, but the winners of the games don't matter because you only have to win over the MAC tournament in Cleveland in March. So if you don't get a first round buy in that, you have to win four games. The most, the four, only four games essentially matter in a one bid basketball conference. If you have a buy, you only need three games in your entire season that matter in a one bid basketball conference. So I could give you the standings or how the team records are, how they're doing, but it doesn't matter. So I don't, really feel necessary to, to give everybody an update during basketball season because it, it has no impact normally on who's going to get the bid to the NCAA tournament because that comes on a Saturday night in, in Cleveland. The winner goes in, the loser automatically, if they were the conference champ, goes to the NIT. If they weren't in the Mac, if they were the regular season champs, they might not even go to the NIT. So it's it's like an all or nothing game when you're in a one bid league. It's not like the Power Five. So I I honestly I, there's no reason to do a weekly update on basketball because it doesn't matter. And you know the records are what they are. You could have zero wins going into the Mac tournament and you win four games. And guess what? You're going to the you're going to the NCAA tournament with four wins for the season. So. Uh, I can do a recap of how the tournament went for you once, once it's over and then uh, like a, where they stand in terms of selection Sunday and the big dance. But outside of that, 
we're not going to do a lot of basketball because frankly, the games don't matter one bit whatsoever in any capacity. Yeah. It's, it's all about seeding for the Mac tournament, but it makes no difference at the in the end, what your record is in a one bid uh, basketball league. So now we'll do a, a recap of the football ball games, which we all love. There's only one game left. That is uh, Monday night, the national championship game featuring uh, a team that I used to cover on a daily basis, uh, the LSU Tigers. So I'm cheering for LSU because I lived in Louisiana. I like LSU. I like Tiger Stadium. I, I like all those. I like everything about the SEC. So I'll be cheering Monday night for my Bayou Bengals against uh, the Clemson Tigers, who are also a team from Death Valley. Now, it is ironic. There's two schools that basically call their home stadium Death Valley, LSU and Clemson. And ironically, they're meeting in the Superdome together for the national championship. Now, if you've never been to the Superdome when LSU plays, uh, it is the loudest stadium I have ever been in. Louder than any pro stadium. Like when the Saints play there, it's, it's louder than that. When the LSU Tigers play, because it's their home state. It's basically Baton Rouge 2.0. It's Tiger Stadium with a roof. The crowd will be overwhelmingly cheering for LSU. And they know how to pregame in New Orleans on Bourbon Street and in the parking lots. So they come in on a Monday night revved up, if you know what I mean. And it's an electric atmosphere that even in Tiger Stadium, which is a phenomenal place to watch a game, the Superdome with LSU playing in it uh, for everything, all the marbles, is an incredible venue to, to watch it in. So if you're around New Orleans or if you're in the area, the whole atmosphere this weekend is going to be crazy. And it's such a fun place to go. It's a great, great city to go and visit for an event like this. WrestleMania, the Super Bowl. These are, that is what New Orleans does really well. So there's a huge game. I'm cheering for LSU. I think they're going to win because they're a better team anyway with Heisman winner Joe Burrow. But if you're anywhere in the area, go to New Orleans. It's an amazing experience this uh, Sunday, Monday, Saturday. It'll be incredible. People will be everywhere. Purple and gold and orange will be all over the town. It's, it's awesome. But that's our only game left for the season. Everything else is over. Miami of Ohio was the second to last game in the bowl champ in uh, the bowl season. But we'll start off with our first Mac Bowl team. That was Buffalo playing in the Makers Wanted Bahama Bowl, Bahamas Bowl against Charlotte. Buffalo got their first bowl win. Thanks to Jared Patterson having a phenomenal day. He rushed for 173 yards, leading the Bulls to their first bowl victory ever. 11 teams came into the season never having won a bowl game. Buffalo was one of them. Charlotte was one of them. Checkbox for Buffalo. They played a great game. They had the experience. This was Charlotte's first bowl game ever. I think Buffalo was long overdue for a victory because they had lost every other bowl game they've been in. And it was about time that they win one. It's a great way to end the season. Jared Patterson, their tailback, he he looks like the max star of next year coming in based on what he how he finished this year. He looks like he might be the Mac offensive player of the year next year. So 
it's something to keep an eye on for Buffalo next year. Their offense is going to be geared around Patterson. And honestly, they're, they could be really good with him at tailback. But the game was great. The game was awesome, you know, because it's in the Bahamas. It was a, a dominant effort by Buffalo. Now, the game was nearly three weeks ago. So it, it seems like it's, it happened a year ago because the bowl game started so early. But Buffalo got the first first dub ever. They got a trophy now to go in their trophy case. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy because it started off the Mac Bowl season in spectacular fashion going 1-0. So you've got to love that. And the next game up was Kent State in the Frisco Bowl. That's right, Kent State. Never had won a bowl game in... Uh, their 99th year history. This was a game-changing, record-setting performance by Kent State. They beat Utah State 51-41. I was watching the game. It was uh, a back-and-forth game. Honestly, Kent State kind of surprised me. They Utah State was up to the challenge. But Kent State rose to the occasion. They were They were up and ready to go. It was, it was a great, great football game. It was, it was a back-to-back bowl game with the Bahamas Bowl, so they were played the same day. Uh, Kent State's Dustin Crum passed for two touchdowns and almost 300 yards. They wouldn't have won the game without him. And I, I want to say he had some major scrambling runs, too. So it was a dual-threat uh, performance, and it was... It was wonderful that Kent State finally got a bowl win. I mean, they've been around a really, really long time, and they've not gone to a lot of bowl games. Like, hardly any. I mean, it's less than five, I think. I want to say it was three, but it maybe this was their fourth. So to have a team around that long and never winning a bowl game, it was, it was incredible. To, I mean, to, to finally break through and get a touchdown to win the game late and seal your bowl victory. I'm sure the ride back to Ohio was, was incredible. And I know it was record-setting because I know someone who works on the staff, Megan Donovan. And they were celebrating a historic win. And granted, it's not the national championship. But to get your first bowl win ever, it, it, it had to feel like the best ride back from the game. And if you haven't been to a bowl game, and you know this is your national championship game, essentially, because you get a trophy, the winner gets a trophy. When you go to a bowl game, both teams are treated really well. You kind of feel like a mini celebrity because you're in this small little area where they're, you know, they have events for you that you ride on buses. There's like parties to go to. There's luncheons. So you kind of feel like the whole day, the whole weekend, or, or, or three days or four days is centered around you. So it's kind of like a mini, a mini national championship game, each one of them, because they're all, they all have their own trophies and they all have their own events. So Kent State, it, it, it had to feel amazing to finally break through and, and get a win against a good team like Utah State. It wasn't like they beat a, a terrible team. Utah State's got an NFL quarterback. So 
Kent State, give them props. Golden Flash has got bowl win number one ever. So that's Mac 2-0 after one day. The Mac is 2-0. and And I'm right now, I'm thinking, I'm a little surprised because each of the last three seasons, they'd only accumulated two wins total. And they were both by Ohio. Nobody else in the Mac had won a bowl game um, until Buffalo in, what, this is the fourth year. Fourth year, Buffalo was the first team to win a bowl game other than Ohio. And the next game up was the uh, New Mexico Bowl with San Diego State and Central Michigan. And it didn't really go that well for Central Michigan. It was not the greatest showing by the Chippewas. I expected more. I really did. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. But I expected Central Michigan to come out and play better. And they were they were dominated 48 to 11. They were never really in the game. San Diego State kind of just took over and did their thing. And Central Michigan was just kind of there watching watching it. Now, some news came out after the game, actually yesterday, that San Diego's coach, Rocky Long, is stepping down. And Brady Hoke, the old Michigan slash Ball State coach, will be replacing him. So that's actually just news from yesterday that this game, thanks to Central Michigan, got a guy to retire, which is ironic. He, He felt so good after beating the Chippewas. He decided to step away from the profession and take his bowl win and go home. And Brady Hoke, our former Ball State coach and Michigan coach, is now, and San Diego State coach. Actually, it's ironic. Brady Hoke left to go to Michigan. Rocky Long replaced him at San Diego State. And now Brady Hoke is re-replacing Rocky Long as the San Diego State head coach. So, a full circle there for Brady Hoke, which took 11 seasons to get back to. But frankly, it wasn't, it wasn't a very good game. It wasn't close. It was, eh, it, it was the worst bowl performance by a Mid-American Conference team this season. So just move on, throw that one away, move on to the next game for next year. Sometimes it happens in bowl games, and unfortunately it happened to the Chippewas. So the next game it featured the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Michigan. And this one didn't end well. It was Eastern Michigan versus Pitt. And whew, it, was, it was a close game. The entire game, Eastern Michigan could have won the game. Even in the last few minutes of the game, Eastern Michigan could have won the game. But something happened in the game that I probably have never seen before. Uh, it, it was a weird ending. Mainly because of the Eastern Michigan quarterback, Mike Glass, throwing a punch in the final minutes of the game. That's right. A quarterback through a punch for the Eagles, Mike Lass, the third. And he was ejected with 
only a few seconds left and he's a senior. So this isn't the way you want to end your college career. It's not, not very, it's not very classy and it's not who he is as a player. Mike Lass wanted to lead his team to victory and it was a frustrating way to end the game. He threw for 311 yards, but it was not the way the Eagles do business. It was just an out of character moment where you kind of have a brain freeze and the game technically they could have still won the game at that point very unlikely because i believe it happened with a 30 seconds or something like that left and the whole game i was cheering for the eagles to get the upset over over the power five panthers and it just didn't happen and then i think Coach Creighton just kind of, it just kind of all slipped away. And oh, it was frustrating to see the way it ended because uh, they played really well. Eastern Michigan, I thought, was going to win the game. They had a lead with about six minutes left in the game, but just couldn't seal the victory. I mean, it, Pitt played great too. I got to give credit to Pitt. They played up, they, I mean, they, it was back and forth. But then the way it ended kind of ruined the whole thing. Uh, Mike Lass, the third, that's not who he is. He's never been who he is as a player. And it's a shame that it ended that way, and he apologized. But unfortunately for him, that's the last memory he's going to have of playing college football. And it's the last memory we have of him playing college football. So that wasn't the greatest way to end that game. And that's the story of the game, unfortunately. It's not what you want to be the story of the game. It's just kind of what happened in in the game and it kind of overshadowed the rest of the game when you throw a punch at the end of the game and you're the quarterback it's not something you see every day but unfortunately that's how the eagle season came to an end on a very disappointing ejection and we will now move on to the weirdest ending on the football field regardless of the the eastern michigan situation was the western michigan western kentucky first responders bowl game played in Dallas. Now, if you've watched the game, as I did, the most of the, basically I watched the entire game and I'll just skip to the final three plays. It was back and forth, back and forth. You never, you didn't know who was going to win. Um, Western Michigan or Western Kentucky was going for a field goal attempt with uh, I, they had about four seconds left. It was like, it was around four seconds. And Western Michigan decided, I mean, it was a 57-yard field goal too. I'm, I'm, it's a ridiculously long field goal. And Western Michigan didn't know how many people they had on the field. You're allowed 11 men for a, a field goal block. They had 12 men on the field. So the Western Kentucky kicks it. It doesn't, they miss. But somehow a weird Somebody said, yeah, there's too many men in the field. The refs didn't catch it. It wasn't a penalty. And I was like, what? what? Then you know, they cut to the TV screen, and they're counting them up. Sure enough, Western Michigan had 12 people on the field. That's a five-yard penalty. Western Kentucky now has one untimed down to kick a field goal again. I believe it was 52 yards this time. Yeah, 52 yards. 
And sure enough, it's a walk-off field goal to crush the Broncos. I mean, that is the story of that game. Corey Munson for Western Kentucky, a freshman, walks off the field on his second attempt of a really long game-winning field goal. And Tim Lester said he was really disappointed in the end. Well, yes, <laughs> yes. When you have 12 men on the field and you commit an offside, a 12-man penalty and give them a chance to win the game on an untimed down and don't go to overtime, yes, it is, it is a heartbreaking way to end the game. It easily could have been Western Michigan coming out on top of that one. But unfortunately, it was Western Kentucky. And the way they did it was just crazy. So un unfortunately, Western Michigan got the, the L on that one in a heartbreaking fashion. So we'll move on to uh, the next Mac Bowl victory, which was the last Mac Bowl victory, the Ohio Bobcats going into the famous Idaho Potato Bowl on the blue turf. And this one was once again coming down to the final plays of the game. Nevada, I thought for sure, was going to win the game because it looked like Ohio was crumbling in the final minutes of the game. They were, they were like asking to lose the game. And it was a miracle almost that they didn't lose the game. Because all the momentum was on the side of Nevada. It was incredible how they were moving the ball in the fourth quarter. And I thought for sure that Nevada was going to win the game. It just it seemed like Ohio could not run the clock out fast enough. But somehow the Bobcats pulled it out, and they came up with the third Mac Bowl win. Got to give credit to Frank Solich. He has now won a bowl game in three straight seasons? Maybe maybe four? Maybe it's three three straight bowl. Or maybe maybe it is four that they won a bowl game. So give credit to the Bobcats. But it was uh, Devontae Lee was the one that was he, – he punched it in from the one and two-point conversion was no good. Uh, it was – man, it was crazy. Uh, it was – it was so crazy, the ending, but uh, Ohio managed to hang on and win the game. And our last bowl game of the season, our MAC champions, the Miami Redhawks, were in Mobile, Alabama, taking on Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. I would still, I still call them Louisiana Lafayette, but they're Louisiana. And they played it. It was a good game. Uh, not as good as some of the other games, but it was a good game. And Louisiana came out on top, obviously. But it was it was a well played game, and, and Miami had a couple turnover mistakes in the fourth quarter, which kind of prevented them from hanging on to the the victory. But overall, it was a it was a really good football game. Miami played hard. Um, Louisiana played hard too. The Raging Cajuns were just a better team on Monday night. And that's somehow sometimes how it works. It's just how the game goes. So the overall bowl recap is the Mac got three bowl wins, which compared to the last three years, 
is amazing because they'd only gotten one win. They could have gotten four bull wins had Miami been able to pull it out or had you know the ball bounced a different way for Western Michigan over Western Kentucky. So finishing three and four doesn't sound great, but it's an improvement over where the MAC teams had been for the past couple of years. And it's got to give some teams a lot of momentum going into next season because they played well in the bowl season. The only opportunity for a new job right now would be in Baylor. Matt Rule is leaving to go to the Carolina Panthers. So right now I'm not really sure if any of the Mac schools are going to find out if a coaching change takes place. But I doubt it at this point because there's only one, one job, I think, really open, and that's Baylor. So we'll have to see if any of the trickle-down effect comes to the Mac. But I, I, at this point, I wouldn't say that's likely. So this is our last football episode. We might come back with a basketball NCAA Mac post-tournament recap slash preview of the big dance. Uh, I had a great time doing some Mac Bowl games and some Mac games with you. Come back in a few months when football season comes back. We probably can't all wait. Till then, I'm Mark Scafidi, your host on Believe, and stay tuned to all of our other shows here on the Believe Sports Network. We have something for you for every sport. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.